Hello and welcome to episode 395 of Awards Daily's Water Cooler Podcast. I'm your host, Clarence Moy, and I'm joined by the other two M's. So M's, let's go around the spooky cooler and tell the listeners who you are and where they can find you on the internet. Mevolent Megan, we'll start with you. <laughs> Hi, I'm Megan McLaughlin. You can find me on Twitter at HeyDudeMeg. Joey? <laughs> I can't think of something that starts with J. <laughs> Bill. Hi, it's Joey Moser. You can find me on Twitter at Joey Moser 83. And again, I'm Clarence Moy. You can find me on Twitter at Clarence Moy. So as our listeners have surmised uh, from the opening music and the vaguely witty attempt at banter in the first couple of seconds of this podcast, uh, we are focused on uh, spooky TV, film, whatever, film media. Let's just say spooky media this week in the lead up to Halloween, which of course is October 31st, as it is every year, unlike Thanksgiving. Um, that's a weird segue. Anyway, um, so how are you guys? Good, how are you? Doing well. Are you all feeling appropriately spooky? Yes. Um, I've been watching more spooky things this year than, than normal. Um so I, uh, I think you saw my thing about um, Hellraiser last night. <laughs> oh, I need to watch that. Yeah. Well, it's the no. original because I'd never seen the original. So I haven't seen the new one yet. But um, yeah, I've been, I've been trying to watch more spooky things. Nice. Well, I'm anxious to hear all about it, which is what we're going to dive into this week. We're going to talk about all kinds of spooky media, books, films, TV, podcasts, whatever, that we used to put ourselves in the mood and, and, you know, it's not, we're going to try to avoid the traditional stuff like Halloween. Although one of my picks is probably, um, fairly conventional, but it is a movie that scares the bejesus out of me. Um, and, uh, and then of course we'll wrap with flash forward to the media we're most anticipating in the upcoming week. Um, but before we do that, I want to tell, tell you guys about the, uh, um, Middleburg film festival. Yeah. Very briefly. Yeah. Um, I had a really good time. I got to meet some, uh, I got to see some old friends, Jazz Tanke and uh, Clayton Davis of Variety, Karen Peterson, who is a uh, uh, partial awards daily correspondent. Um, and uh, and then I got to meet some new friends. So it was, uh, I was only there for two, maybe, a, let's see, I got in on Thursday afternoon. I left Saturday morning, so not even 48 hours, but I saw uh, four movies, three of which, three of which I, I mostly liked in in varying degrees. But I saw White Noise, I saw She Said, I saw The Whale, and I saw Glass Onion. And um, I did not like The Whale. <laughs> that all. <laughs> it just really bothered me. And I, I don't want to talk about why it bothers me um, until, <laughs> Megan, you have a chance to see it. I think, Megan, you're going to cover Savannah the next week, so you should see it at Savannah, right? Yes, hopefully. Okay. All right. So if you're able to see it at Savannah, then we'll circle back around and uh, we'll talk about it in more depth. Um, I saw Glass Onion, which I admired a lot of pieces of, but I kind of had the same problem with the uh, with this as I had with the original, where I like the pieces, but they just, for some reason, don't mesh for me personally into a satisfying, coherent whole. But I know uh, nobody else has that problem. Everybody seems to love this movie. So um and then I, I saw She Said, which was very, very good. Um, and uh, and then White Noise, which was weirdly my favorite film of the festival. It's very quirky and strange, and it's not for everybody for sure. But it's uh, 
It's not a perfect film, but I think it's the most fun Noah Baumbach movie I've ever seen. So really, yeah, it's um, and I think it's his first film that is an adaptation of someone else's material. Now I did suffer through that book, but um, this is a, a nice distillation of sort of the themes of the book and, and, you know, more like a cliff's notes. And I think maybe that really worked for me because I liked what the book had to say, but it just said a lot of it. And this kind of broke it down into sort of eighties day glow decor. The production design is astounding. There is a, a set piece that is an A and P grocery store that is like at the height of the eighties glamor, or, you know, or glitz or whatever. And, uh, it, it just looks amazing. Like the, the, the items on the shelves are just pristine and there's just all of these different kinds of you know, old throwback, um, like cereal boxes and stuff like that. It's just really interesting. Um, there's a lot going on in it. The performances are fine, but, um, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. And maybe it just, it was the one that I thought was going to be a, a big disaster and it wasn't. So that helps when you go in with low expectations. Ringing endorsement. <laughs> Put that on the poster. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was a good time. I saw uh, Brendan Fraser was there um, as well as Ryan Johnson. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I definitely re- would recommend that we should all try to go back next year as a group. Yeah, that would be cool. Nice and like concise. Yeah. And they have, I mean, they pull, when I say that they put a lot into three days, the the festival itself is really Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And I'm going to pull up very quickly the list of movies that they had here, and you will see what I'm talking about. Um, so starting on Thursday, they had a pre-festival showing of Tar, and then the opening film was White Noise, of course. Um, then on Friday, in, in four different locations, they had Living Broker, In Her Hands, Goodnight Oppie, One Fine Morning, She Said, Causeway, Everything Everywhere All at Once, doing a tribute to Stephanie Hsu, um, Women Talking, The Return of Tanya Tucker, Glass Onion, The Whale, Corsage, After Sun, Killing Me Softly with his songs. That's just on Friday. Did you see? Uh, I want to see that Tanya Tucker one. I did not see that because that was opposite uh, Glass Onion. I'm hoping Um, to see that. The one that I I was going to stay a little bit longer on Saturday morning. I had to get home because my son was home for fall break. And I was going to stay to see All Quiet on the Western Front because I heard great things about that. But it was a bit too long and I didn't want to fly home. Um, So anyway, um, a lot more things showed (laughs) over this festival. I'm not going to read down the whole list. You can go to the website and see it. But it's definitely, I think, one, if people aren't able to go to this or that festival, just wait a little bit and then hit this one. Cause it seems like they have a yeah. really, really good uh, knack of kind of coalescing all of the major, most of the major titles. I mean, they, did, they didn't have the fable ones, of course, but you know, I mean, they had you know, eight out of other eight, eight out of 10 other things. So it was fun. That's great. Yeah. So hopefully uh, at some point we can all do a festival together. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Uh, Tiff would be uh, one that would be interesting to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've uh, learned from our mistakes. I don't think Clarence will ever want to go to Tiff because that's uh, also, <laughs> uh, 
Why do you think the earlier the better with Tiff? Because it's like there was like nobody there the first day, it felt like. And then it was just like boom. I also feel like I will say when uh so I left on Monday of Tiff and I think something that was really exciting about that festival was they shut down like a major street in the middle of downtown Toronto and you know mm-hmm. there's there's shit everywhere. And uh oh, that's I left yeah, I left on my <laughs> <laughs> Did you just get that? I did. Shut up. I, um, there was, Wait, I missed, um, what did you say? I said there's I said shit, there everywhere. shit everywhere. I said that's <laughs> unfortunate. Um, but like when I went to go see my last movie, which was Empire of Light, I, I left my hotel and like the, the street was back open again. So it was sort of like the first weekend felt like the, the big crazy weekend. And then after that, it felt a little bit more subdued. I was like, oh, it's kind of sad. There wasn't, there wasn't like a lot of stuff mm. after that. So maybe we should um, all go to a smaller festival that has a lot of stuff, cause too much of a ruckus, and then we'll never get asked back again. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. Um, all right, let's just... jump to our main topic, which is spooky media that we uh, media that we are uh, recommending for our listeners and their uh, listening pleasure over the uh, next couple of weeks. So, um, let's, uh, let's start with movies. So one thing that we've all seen is, uh, recently that came out is, uh, Halloween ends, right? We, I'm, I'm, I'm correct. Yes. In saying that we've all, okay. So yeah. let's, let's talk about Halloween ends. Now this has been a, it seems like this is the year of the divisive film. The, 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 the 2022 will go down in the film sort of cinema history as the year of the cannibal product. And the year of divisive films. And much like The Sun or The Whale or, you know, any number of other films that that have premiered, you either hate or love it. And uh, I've seen a lot of funny things on Twitter about Halloween ends. So I don't know who wants to jump in and sort of just orient us with what Halloween ends is and then start your opinion on it. But uh, I will do it. I'd be happy to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Halloween ends picks up four years after the first two films in the trilogy, the modern trilogy, um, which I think is hysterical because the first film takes place. The first two films take place over like 24 hours. Right. Am I right? Yeah. So they condensed 24 hours into like three hours, four hours. And then this is picks up four years later. Um, but we meet a new character named Corey, um, who in the opening scene, um, he's a babysitter and something tragic happens to him. Um, and he, he, unlike, it has nothing to do with Michael Myers, but we end up following him around and, um, for most of the film, um, I, I actually, I think this felt like the first film in a trilogy to me more so than the other two. Um, I, I felt like this, I was kind of shocked that this was a last film in a trilogy because it just felt so like fresh and new and like taking a new spin. Like, cause the last, I mean, the middle film was basically just Michael Myers running around for two hours and killing people. And Michael Myers doesn't appear. I don't think until like 45 minutes into this film um, or maybe a half an hour. But um, I, I I felt like it had a, I, I actually really liked it. I, I think that if you're going to do something new, like I appreciated 
what it did, that it tried to do something new and I found myself enjoying it. Um, but it did feel to me, it did feel like almost like a reboot, even though this was supposed to be the closing chapter. In many ways, it reminded me of the Jurassic Park Dominion movie that was supposed to be like the final chapter in the trilogy that ended up feeling like the first in a new series. And that's, that's how I felt about this one. But yeah, that's, what did you guys think? Joey? <laughs> um, I was actually... I Okay, when people are so divided on a movie, that makes me so much more excited to go see it. <laughs> um, just because I was like, where am I going to land on this, this, this spectrum? But um, I will say the opening sequence shocked me. I did not expect that to happen, although um, I was fine with it. That kid was a prick. Um, <laughs> 100% that kid. That kid was a little asshole. And then um, I um, also think that house would have sold very quickly because of that spiral staircase, but that's just me. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's left in ruins after Left in years. ruins. Um, With the stain of blood on the hardwood floor. <laughs> right. Daddy sleeps on. Um, <laughs> so I, I actually thought... Um, I, I, I agree that it does feel like a new kickoff of a new thing. And then it's also, I had so many questions, <laughs> so many questions. I was like, why is Michael Myers in this like pipe? Like, yeah, I don't like, get it. I don't know. Um, but I didn't hate it. Like, I know a lot of people were like, it was a piece of shit. And I was like, I don't know like where certain people fall on the, you know, the Halloween spectrum or where they were trying to like place the movie in terms of the other movies. Um, I think it's really funny that people were getting so riled up about it. I was like, because two more, you know, you know, two years, it's going to come back anyway, probably just, you know, um, and uh, I thought the guy who played Corey was hot. So I don't know. <laughs> Muzzle tough. <laughs> it was, it was, I don't know. It was, I, I liked the ending. I thought, I thought the ending was kind of cool. Like if they wanted to, like start afresh with a whole new thing, and Jamie Lee Curtis is like, "Just kidding, yuck, yuck, yuck," and she started all over again. Fine, I don't care. We're all gonna go see it anyway, so I don't want people to have to stop. It's fine. Yeah, I liked it too, um, and I actually was pretty happy with the way that it ended. Yeah. And it felt like I was thinking about it today. It actually felt like it. it it's and this. I think this is what you're picking up on, Megan. It it, it feels like it's wrapping one story, and it opens the door for a broader perspective on the Halloween mythology. And I, you know, I, I can't really go into why without spoiling stuff. And I think it's too early for spoilers, but you, you definitely, you say goodbye to Michael and, and Lori, but because of what they do in this episode or this, in this chapter, um, you know, you, you could have anybody in a mask next time doesn't even have to be a michael myers mask it could be anybody you know um in in haddonfield and I, continue I a trilogy yeah, or continue and do another trilogy sorry go ahead yeah no that's that's really yeah i kind of felt like it was interesting to see the world outside of because usually we're just kind of honed in on it's Lori versus Michael and this is it. Like the last film, there was nothing to it. So I don't understand why people like this actually had a plot. Like yeah. I was really excited about it. Well, it's got um, character development. I mean, it's, yeah. And, I and think, um, 
yeah, Gorehounds weren't ready for that. I think that's why a lot of people didn't like it. But um, and they're all kind of focusing on Corey <laughs> as their object of hate. I don't blame <laughs> them though. I don't like. I did not like Corey. I think I thought he was weak from the beginning. I actually was like, Jeremy's right to bully you. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Also, like, when do the band geeks decide to start bullying people? That's what. Okay, there were a lot of. That was a moment that took me out of it where I was like, wait a minute. First of all, he's 25 at this point. What does he care if 17-year-olds are going to bully him? Like, I don't know. Is he that weak? And I guess he he kind of seemed like that from the beginning. <laughs> Calling him weak. He saw he's a child weak. He's die. A weak person. He saw a child die and he was tortured for him. Okay. He was weak. But. He was weak. Well, we didn't see the tortured part. But he seemed it's, weak. It's insinuated. Good God. We, we see him, like, with that kid. I was kind of like, you're weak. <laughs> <laughs> to put it. I mean, you're letting little Jeremy bully you. Um and then screaming, I'm gonna kill you! <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was just a, an inopportune or an unfortunate moment for him to scream that. But um, I don't know. I just thought he was like a weak person who I did not understand what Allison saw in him. I'm like, I do say that. <laughs> like, come on. Like, I was like, like sh- she's kind of stupid. He's a fixer upper if there ever <laughs> I just don't even understand what she, I, I don't There's know, maybe. Ship lab on there. I don't, do you think that maybe like she inherited that? Like, I don't know. I think in some way, Lori kind of cares about um, the broken down people. You know, she cares. I, I don't know. Maybe she kind of inherited that of caring. I think in some way, Lori does care about, cared about Michael at some point. I don't know. Um, I don't know. But I, uh, I didn't know, not, did not understand that relationship. And whenever, like, and whenever Lori watch, watches them like go upstairs to have sex, I'm like, ew. Corey? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's, it's, it is far from a perfect movie, but it's, it's, it's one that I, I I had a good time with it. I, you know, I I was, I was happy that it wasn't a retread of Halloween kills, right? Where it's just Michael Myers walking around and just being really gory, killing random people, you know, left and right. I was very excited to find out that that poor black lady lived after you know like getting a freaking light bulb shoved up her neck yes like, yes ugh. i don't know how she lived but anyway um and i loved the the last i did love the last 30 minutes or so um there's a lot of neat um suspension of disbelief yes but there's a lot of they wrap this pretty well the, the ending is the strongest part of it i think yeah i did think the ending was strong um i i they know they do some questionable things in the They end. do. Yes, they do. And nobody turns on a light. Like, literally, I feel like, you know, nobody walks into a room and just immediately, in a dark room, and it just immediately just flips on a light, you know, or claps or something. You know, every room is super dark. Like, nobody seems to own a light bulb. But yeah, I'm also like, why don't you just move? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I know. The whole time I was like, get out of Haddonfield. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> And also the fact that, like, people tend to not believe, well, like, Allison doesn't believe Lori about something in it. And and I'm kind of like, really? This woman has been through all of this and you don't believe her? And then the other thing that kind of threw me off is that how everybody hates Lori because... I didn't like that. <laughs> I don't understand why they hate her. Can you shed light on that, Clarence? I mean, that was that was brand new. I mean, I think that they... 
Well, you know, you had a couple of people say that she tormented him or te- teased a, a mentally unstable man. I think that they're trying to say, you know, how it got Halloween Kills got vaguely political with the whole mob mentality. Oh. Um, and so now they're just saying it's, you know, sort of fake news or whatever. I would say, you know, not fake news, but it's, it's, um, they're victim shaming. Okay. It seems like they're, rewriting history a little bit too that they're making michael myers out to be the victim yeah they know they they absolutely were i mean they were he's, saying oh yeah my he God, he's just a her. poor mentally unstable guy who just happened to kill like 40 people but yeah like I, damn you laurie strode for trying to kill him several times <laughs> that 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 threw me off a lot but um yeah like i said it's it's not a perfect film but it is I think it it's good enough to sort of make the, the the new trilogy worthwhile. Like I think, you know, I, it would be interesting to go back and rewatch all of them back to back. This yeah, these I know some people are like, oh, it really hits in on the themes of the first two. I'm like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> like, where are you getting that? Like, I just felt like it 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 felt so disconnected from the other two, which is why I liked it. Um, mm. Because the other two were just kind of like rehashing things we've seen in other ones, whereas this one was taking, I, I like the big swings that it took that I would actually, if this were the first film in a new series, I'd probably be excited about the next two. And maybe that's, I mean, do you think they're ever going to end this, this series? So Blumfield, uh, excuse me, Blumhouse. Um, this was the last film that they could make under their licensing agreement. So they will not make another Halloween movie. The license is reverted back to the Akkad family who have owned it for 20 years or so. Um, and uh, they probably will definitely make another Halloween. <laughs> Jesus. Because that's how they make their money. I guess. <laughs> Anyway, what other so Megan, you uh, talked about you've been watching some um legacy horror films for uh, or recently uh, to uh, to gear yourself up to Halloween. So tell us what you've been watching. So, well actually I watched um well, I do want to talk about The Watcher at some point. That was one of the things that but the Hellraiser was one that I I watched um because uh unspooled was doing a podcast about it and i thought i've never seen this and i was kind of shocked that they were doing this film because they're they're trying to find the greatest hundred movies of all time and i just don't think hellraiser is something that you immediately think of but they're doing a horror month so um i thought you know what it's on i know it's coming out on hulu i should watch the first one and give it a shot and i had no idea what it was about um which if you don't know what it's about it's about um, <laughs> this like uh sexual deviant named Frank who gets a box from somewhere out in I forget where it is somewhere in I want to say Asia somewhere <laughs> um and it's a box that um that's supposed to unfold the pain and pleasure at this like the most extreme pain and pleasure and so that's why he gets it because he wants to experience that. And, like, they show him in the beginning, like, playing with the box, and then they show him being, like, torn apart. And then it picks up at this house where, um, like, it's a couple that's moving into this old house, and you find out that 
Frank had was like staying there, like squatting at this house, and it's his brother's. It's um, his brother's the one who's moving in with his wife, and basically the wife had used to fuck Frank and sees Frank comes back to life in the house via a drop of blood, and then um, in order to come fully back to life, she's got to kill people and bring them to to the house so it could feed, so Frank can feed on them. That was the plot, and um. And which I was like, where does Pinhead come in? And Pinhead comes in because of the box, because the box like has his soul and the Cenobites. I feel like I'm explaining this so horribly. The Cenobites are um, like all controlling, like, do you want pain or pleasure? Like, you know, they, like they, it's all about suffering. It's, it's very, it's very confused. I mean, it's very SM, S&M stuff, um, especially, you know, Pinhead. He's got to be the king of S&M with those pins in his, in his head. Um, I actually found myself enjoying it, but I mean, it's not like anything, it's not a, one of the 100 best movies of all time, but I was very moved by the by the uh, daughter in it and her dad, um, because spoiler alert, spoiler alert on a, what, 30-some-year-old movie, like her dad is killed, that's um, Frank's brother, because Frank's a terrible person, and um and like I just the girl was just really missing her dad. So I called my dad afterwards and was like, I just watched Hellraiser and I love your dad. And he was like, What? Pinhead? <laughs> I mean, he was like, I always like Pinhead. He had no idea what I was talking about. But I was just like, I'm so sorry. Like, oh my god. I was really upset. So if it got me to call my dad, <laughs> I did not expect that. Um, but it was, I'm glad I watched it though, because for years, I remember anytime I would go to like a sleepover and you'd watch a movie from like New Line Cinema, they'd always have some sort of like preview about Pinhead. And I'm like, what is Hellraiser? It looks so scary. And now I know that it is scary. And, um, and, but I do recommend it. I mean, it was, it was interesting. It was, um, (laughs) yeah, it was kind of laughable at times too, but, um, I, I, I enjoyed it. Have you seen the reboot? Um, on no, but I feel like I should probably give it a try. Because I heard it's probably a little more Pinhead, more of that world and less of... Because, like, Pinhead is barely in it. That's why I was, like, shocked that he is this, you know, icon in horror when he's, like, barely in it. So uh, maybe, or maybe I need to see all the other Hellraiser movies. <laughs> uh, we will get to... Um... We will get to the TV stuff, the Watcher, in just a second. But I, I, I just wanted to focus on films right now. Yeah, um, no, that makes sense. What else have you been watching? Because you said you watched a couple of things. Um, that was something I watched that was scary. There was, I feel like I watched something else that. Oh no, I can't remember what I. That was the big one. Um, go come back to me later if I can remember. Okay. But I was watching things that was that were scaring me. <laughs> Joey, what's one of your go-to scary movies? Go to scary movies. Oh, Jiminy Christmas. Um, showgirls. I don't know. Um, um, I've been wanting to watch um, this this theater near my house had has been doing something they do every year called uh, Hitchcocktober, and um, I've been wanting to get back into seeing some Hitchcock movies. I don't know what it is. Maybe just like you've seen the commercials for, uh, you know, this small little festival they're doing. So um, go to scary movies. Um, 
I just rewatched. It was a couple of days ago. I rewatched The Birds, which I love that movie. Um, and I saw someone uh, was with me the last time I went to that theater, and I said they were showing a trailer for Hitchcock October, and they were like, "Oh my god, The Birds! What a stupid movie!" And I was like, "Oh why? Why?" And I was like, "Why don't you like it?" And they were like, "They never explain anything." And I was like, "I can't talk to you. Like, I don't." But that's what makes it great. That's what makes it scary. Why does everything need to be explained? I'm sorry. Okay, I maybe they're just Marvel. waiting for like. Yeah, it was, I'm just waiting for them to think. I'm waiting for the origin story of the birds. <laughs> <laughs> I need to see all these birds as baby birds. See their what is that that meme that goes or not meme that thing that goes around? It was like this is my villain origin story. It's just a picture of a bird. Um, <laughs> um strangely enough, um. Stuff that I go to for Halloween, and we're not talking about TV, but stuff that I go to towards Halloween is I watch an absurd amount of like baking shows about Halloween. Really? Oh, yes, yes. I have been watching what I think I, what I thought baking. was the most recent um, season of that Halloween Bake Off show yeah. uh, on the Food Network, but I think uh-huh. I've been watching like eight different seasons. <laughs> Just yeah, like because they just play running. them all back to back, and they 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 like sort of lace them all together, like they do like uh, you know they show an episode from season five, and then they show like nope, now it's season six. Here's episode four, and you're like, I don't recognize any of these people. So I'm yeah, watching that. There's like Halloween nailed it is on right now. Um, a movie that I did watch um, that I had bought and I had never seen because I bought the Criterion of it was the original Diabolique. Uh, which that was oh that was good. You know, there's some people like I don't like old movies, and I was like, okay, but like when you like, there's a reason why like certain old movies like they're just so fucking good, and there's a reason why they're imitated, and that's like one of those movies. But I also like Sharon Stone's fantastic I performance in fucking Tina love Elite, that remake. I <laughs> love that movie. She a hundred percent understands the assignment in that one. She that is like the the movie that um this is oh god and I was like this is so this you know is is uh, representative of a lot of like my taste like I was obsessed with Sharon Stone when I was like twelve like I <laughs> I saw the remake the ninety sixty I believe which was filmed partly in Pittsburgh um and she hated Pittsburgh for what I understand um. And she also had a huge thing with the with the director. Um, they did not like each other. And um, there, uh, I just totally lost my train of thought. What did you just say? <laughs> you you were talking about how that defined your taste. No, 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 like, oh yeah, like I remember seeing the remake of Diabolique on vacation in my parents and my brother and I went to Megan New Apartment. Do you remember Geneva on the Lake? Yeah. We used to go there like once a summer uh, for like a week. We stayed in a hotel that had like an arcade attached to it. Cause it always like, I feel like if I went there now, I'm like, wow, this place is really kind of crazy. But like all it was was like the beach and like cheap hotels and arcades. It was like a 10 year old's dream. And I saw Diabolique in the hotel with my mom when I was like 13. Um, because my brother and my dad went out to go do something, and my mom's like, "Let's watch a movie," and I'm like, "Let's watch a Sharon Stone movie." <laughs> oh 
my little God. faggot Joey. <laughs> um, That's how I started loving Isabella John. She's great. She's, they're very good in it. You know, it's not a great movie, but it's not directed no. by a great director. But um, well, there's one of my favorite lines in it is when they find out um, that there's like another woman who the same Chaz Palminteri is also fucking. Long story short, Chaz Palminteri is married to Isabella Johnny, and he's having an affair with Sharon Stone, but Isabella Johnny knows, and they're friends. And they find out that um, there's another woman who is pregnant, and she's demanding money for an abortion, but they can't find the husband because they you know, killed him. You know, And um, <laughs> uh, it's a religious school that they run all together, and... Uh, the girl says to Sharon Stone about Isabella Johnny. She goes, what's her problem? Um, oh, no. Yeah, whatever. And she says, oh, abortion is murder. And she says, well, I'm going to get an anesthetic, for Christ's sake. <laughs> love that line. It's so <laughs> I love it. Ah! It's got some Sorry, good winners. Um, a couple of things I've seen. My my sort of one of the the scariest movies I've seen in the last sort of 10 years has been um, the conjuring, which is, I, you know, <gasps> I love that movie. Yeah. it's not anything that, that, you know, it's, it's incredibly popular. It's not a, it's, you know, little, little gem, a hidden gem, but it is a very, very scary movie. And that trailer is one of the most <gasps> the scary, the scariest trailers I've ever seen. The, the collapse. Yes. I made everyone at my bank job, watched that trailer when it came out, and I watched their reaction to it, and they all screamed when the clap happened. <laughs> I was afraid to go down in the basement after that trailer. I think that trailer is actually scarier than the movie, and the movie's pretty scary. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Um, but the... Uh, so that's a great one. Have you guys heard of... I've never seen this movie, and I will never see the sequel, but have you heard of the, the deal with Terrifier 2? Uh, yes, I heard that people are vomiting <laughs> and passing out. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's playing here. It's also it's, two and a half hours long. So. Is it really? Yeah. I will say the image that I saw from it looked scary. The clown looked scary. Art, the clown. I did some. Re- I, I read about it in Wikipedia. Um, two and a half hours. They're passing out from exhaustion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of pictures with like the clown with blood all over his face and his like. I don't know he's he's creepy. Yeah. Um, so I don't I, I I can't recommend that because I haven't seen it, but that's certainly something that is out right now that a lot of people are talking about, and it's actually doing fairly well. Um, a classic. Uh, I too love Hitchcock movies, and a, a little known um, one that doesn't get talked about a lot is one of his last movies. It was filmed in 1972. It is Frenzy, which is written by he worked with Anthony oh, yeah. Schaefer. Um, who was a playwright for behind Equus? Equus, I think. Is that right, Anthony Schaefer, Joey? Uh, I think so. Um, it's uh, it's his most graphic film. It is his most um, uh, sexual Schaefer. film. Peter Schaefer. Peter Schaefer. Okay, that's his uh, brother. Okay, um, it's his most sexual film, and uh, it's it's really 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 intense i haven't seen it in several years but um if if you like hitchcock and you haven't seen this i actually watch this that's funny that you say that because i in the trailer they should they're gonna play frenzy and i've actually never seen that hitchcock so i actually should see what they're playing because they're playing all these hitchcock movies uh mostly in like 35 millimeter too oh wow that's amazing so like they're probably on board 
So like, I want to try to go see like, I think Rear Window is playing this week, and that you know all those like fucking dresses that, uh, <laughs> you know, Grace yeah. Kelly wears. You know how much of a fucking faggot I am. I was like, let's go see this classic Hitchcock movie, and I'm like, the draft is just like, <laughs> like ro- they're playing Rope this weekend in 35 millimeter, which. Random tangent. Do you guys remember the um, the television adaptation of Rear Window that starred Christopher Reeve? Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Oops. Um, speaking of Hitchcock, by the way, I have a movie that I've been wanting to watch for a while that I see. I just I signed up for Peacock um, because uh, I wanted to watch Halloween. So uh, Halloween ends. I'm sorry. Shadow of a Doubt is one that I've been. I love. <gasps> oh, right like so much and um she's an academy award winner uh she won for uh i think it's mrs miniver which she was so good in that and she's in the best years of our lives too um but shadow of a like she they had she had like a span where she when she came out she was like in huge like three great movies um and um i think her last movie was like the rainmaker she in 97 before she like passed away but um she um, was doing stuff until, you know, later into her career. But um, I really wanted to see Shadow of a Doubt. That's one that I plan on watching. That's a um, great movie. Joseph yeah, Cotton like, plays Uncle Charlie. Ooh. It's really good. You should I've, yeah, I was excited to see that was on <clears throat> Peacock. Um, I remember the movie that I watched, the other horror movie I watched. Um, it's Wish Upon from 2017 with Joey King. Have you ever seen it? <laughs> oh, No. Uh, they're also, how did this get made? Did, uh, I, I like to listen along with the podcasts and they did, um, w- wish upon. So I thought, Oh, it's on Hulu. So I'm going to watch it. And it's, uh, I mean, it's just a bad horror movie. Um, that was <laughs> kind of fun. Um, there's, um, Ki Ki Hong Lee is in it, who I believe was, um, on Kimmy Schmidt. Um, yes, it does. Yes. I Yes, and he was like super adorable. Um, and Joey King, Joey King is just a really good actress, and Ryan Phillippe is her dad. <laughs> um, God. but it's just a fun, like, final destination meets like three wishes, like a genie in a bo- bottle type of thing. Oh, and Barb from Stranger Things is in it. Um, and Cheryl and Ben. But, um, oh, yeah, like <laughs> did you just say I'm out? <laughs> yeah, when you said when you said a uh, bar from Stranger Things, I said I'm out. But as soon as you said Cheryl and Ben, it got me right back in. So right back in. It yeah. was just a bad, like a fun, bad, like horror movie, which is also, I think, one of my favorite. Like, like as much as a good scare is fun to have, I like watching just bad horror movies, like that are just like, you know, fun, mindless horror movies, and that's one of them. Did you see the? Um the remake of Black Christmas. I think it's Black Christmas. <laughs> I love no. that one. That I movie is disgusting. That is the yeah. that, two of oh. them, two remakes, right? Yeah. It's the two th- 2006, I think. Yeah. It's there, the there was 2019. One. Yeah, no, I'm talking Well, about that one was Christmas. like the the one that wasn't really the, the 2006 one with like Andrea Martin and Lacey Chabert, that one. I liked that one just because it's so um, it is disgusting. Um, it is you know, so disgusting. Like, you know, cookies made out of human flesh and, you know, incest. And it's it's really, it's really fucked up movie. But I don't know why. Um, I saw that one before I saw the original. Because um, I went back and watched the original. Um, but yeah, that, that movie is fucked up. <laughs> Very fucked up. 
Any other? Um, any, oh, I did have one more movie. I guess you can call it a movie. It's it's kind of it's it's two shorts that have been repackaged together, and I think uh, it is sold as a movie. Um, this is this is more of a family horror. I mean, um, Halloween thing, but it's uh, the Adventures of Ichabod. Ichabod <gasps> oh yeah. Yeah, I love that one. I'm good with the wind in the willows. That's fine. It's cute, but the uh, the uh, Legend of Sleepy Hollow that was done in um, I think it was 1949. Uh, I love that one. I try to watch that every year. It is great animation. It is. It just sets this fantastic tone and the scene where Ichabod goes through the forest and is chased by the headless horseman. Mm-hmm. Is is just really really great. Um, so I highly recommend that if people have not seen that, you can watch it on people. I think it's on YouTube. Yes, I think it it's is. like some yeah. Uh, the one of the willows is cute, um, but uh, Sleepy Hollow is great. All right, let's jump to television, and I think. Um, I don't know. I, I know, Joey, you did not get a chance to catch up on the Midnight Club. Megan, did you? No, I didn't either. Okay. Uh, so I, I've seen the pilot of The Midnight Club. And uh, I'll just very quickly, it's a Mike Flanagan show. Um, and of course, Mike Flanagan did Haunting of Hill House, which is something I would recommend if you've never seen that. It's probably one of the, at least for most of the episodes, it's one of the scariest things I've seen on television. Um, he's also done the uh, Bly Manor one, Haunting of Bly Manor, and he's got the Fall in the House of Usher coming up sometime soon. I'm kind of surprised it didn't come out in October, but they're doing Midnight Club yeah. instead. And it's based on a, a young adult novel, and it's basically about a, a young lady who has um, cancer. I think it's uh, thyroid cancer, and she is dying. And she finds a hospice house where young teens can go and live um, with other teens who are dying of cancer or dying of something and, uh, and, and kind of die gracefully, essentially. Um, and, of course, the place is haunted, and they're also telling stories that are scary in nature. Um, the pilot was notable because it, it received kind of a bogus award, I think, but it, it received the Guinness world, uh, book of records, um, for the most jump scares in a single hour of television. Wow. Which it's, it's kind of silly because when you see it, one of the stories, the person that's telling the story is just having a bunch of jump scares that don't make any sense. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's, it seems to be pretty good. I, I, I don't know that I felt compelled to revisit it yet, but uh, I've heard good things about it. So, um, but that's one thing, Midnight Club on Netflix. So, um, Joey, I think you had something for television that you wanted to talk about. Uh, the Watcher. Oh, The Watcher. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. No, that's you and Megan. Well, okay. Well, I was going to ask you, um, actually, I forgot to bring it up. I guess it is technically a movie, but it, it did drop on Netflix. You, did you watch Mr. Harrigan's phone? I did. That's right. I forgot about that one. But uh, it's, it's a TV movie, right? Because it's, it's not in a, uh, it has not uh, debuted in theaters. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure which, what it was. Um, it's, uh, I actually, I think uh, this is the movie that I realized that, um, even if I, I don't know, I thought it was a fun movie, fun being a weird word to use it. Um, I think I, I really like Jaden Martell, who is, you know, he's been in like, he's like a 20, 21 year old kid, but he was in like St. Vincent. He was in 
uh, the It movies. And I don't know, I just, I just enjoy that he continually plays these uh, sensitive young men um, that I think is actually kind of nice. <laughs> so I think him in that movie alone is worth it. Um, but I enjoyed it. I didn't think awesome. the movie was very scary. I think that's the problem with, that I had with it. It is based on a Stephen King short yeah. story. And I just, I mean, it's, it's, it's a fun short, it's a fun movie, but it's not, it's not particularly scary. Yeah. I feel like it, it kind of felt like more like an episode of, are you afraid of the dark? Almost. Um, maybe like a weird black mirror almost. Yeah. It was just, I don't know. It, it was, uh, the concept is kind of, slight but um and it doesn't really go into a lot of you know the emotional repercussions that i expect expected it to but um i had a good time watching it so yeah yeah um Um, megan what about you you wanted to talk about the watcher yeah um so i was really interested in the watcher because i read the story uh the in the cut on it which was really fascinating. And then I put on um, the show and I was just like, just really disappointed. I think I shut it off halfway through and I tried to like speed it up to get to the ending. Well, like, so I didn't shut it off, but I wanted to see like, where does this go? Um, but I, I found it really, it kind of lost me almost like immediately with, uh, and I think it's also a really tricky story to do because one, it's never been solved to its letters <laughs> like it's scary letters um and i think they were taking some licenses uh that were like a, lot. <laughs> like a lot they were like unbelievable like i'll tell you the first thing that lost me was that uh bobby cannavale um is talking about how he wants to get this house for his family and he's like i want each of them to have their own room it's like wait a minute so are you saying now that your kids don't have their own room but you're but you seem to have enough money that you're going to sink into this like multi-million dollar house. Um, but your kids don't have a room right now. So I didn't quite understand like what they do also that like, what does Nora do for a living that, Oh, she's like an artist. Like she's a, how are she's you an a, artist and making that much money? Like, well, he has a, how many episodes did you watch? One. Oh, you need to keep watching. <laughs> I'm not going to watch it because there's too much going on that was like, this is stupid. Um, they live in the city. That's, I think they just don't have enough space. Um, okay. Um, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I also think that like, Bobby Cannavale is doing something really weird with his character where I swear I get a weird vibe between him and his daughter and it makes me really uncomfortable. Like, I don't, like the way he puts his hands on her shoulders and stuff. I don't know if that comes out later, but but I didn't think it did. But um, but I felt like he had a thing for his daughter. It was really made me really uncomfortable. Oh, um, and then also like just the fact that like people are just showing up in the house, like like just willy nilly, like <laughs> like multiple people are just in the house. And I know that like I guess I just found that the the true story was more interesting to me than making this a horror story and um. And like just people showing up and every and then you realize like everybody's a suspect. And even though I did find I did read ahead to find out what how it ends and everything, but um I just think the original story is so much more interesting. Um and like yeah, just spookier. I think it's spookier the idea that there's somebody out there that you 
that is probably probably an older person like um I, I just found like I don't know I just found that more interesting I would have liked to have seen a documentary on it before I'd want to see this but that's that's me so what what did you think um I've seen three episodes um I was obsessed with the trailer um I don't know if you've have you seen the trailer I haven't seen the trailer okay um I like the trailer because they use uh <laughs> Olivia Newton-John's hopefully devoted to you in it. Oh. Um, and I loved, I loved the way that the song is mixed in the trailer. Um, and also just love that song. So I was, I've been literally um, whistling that song for like, not kidding, like three days. Um, I was obsessed with the trailer and I was so excited to watch it. They, you know, it's a Ryan Murphy show, so they weren't giving us screeners or they weren't giving anybody screeners for it. I don't think probably also because it's a, a mystery show. Um, I do, I feel like this is, I'm enjoying it, um, but I think this probably could have been a two-hour movie um, or a documentary. I would have loved seeing a documentary about it because I also read that uh, article on The Cut and I was so, I was so, um, <laughs> I was so uh, drawn to the story because just reading the letters um, yeah. it's sort of it's creepy it's so creepy but um i do i understand what you're saying but i i think i'm having a better time with it just because it's you know it's like Margot martindale and mia farrow just being so stupidly over the top and um uh i kind of like how it's the sort of like they're <laughs> they automatically assume the the new family like they're the bad guys because they're the, these yuppie, yuppie couples and they 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 don't understand like this is how we do it here in this neighborhood and um i'm sort of enjoying that there's like a there's like a, a stupidly uh failed maybe suburban house desperate housewives-esque and not a lot just like a, t- a, a dash of it in there um and i do think maybe it's a little heavy-handed with the um with the uh you know you'll see somebody standing outside in all black and they have like you know the camera's like on their black gloved hand as they're staring at the house and stuff like that so i mean it i think it is a little heavy-handed and stuff but i i think i'm so invested in these actors like uh Noma Demez when he is in it uh she plays a, I love her yes she's so good like I'm so fascinated with her she I think she pops up in episode two she's a, a private investigator that Bobby Cannavale hires and she she has I don't know what her backstory is yet but she was just like she reveals how you know she was married and and she was bored and she uh, something happened with her husband and then she was just like, I realized that I was really into solving mysteries and I, I'm obsessed with true crime. So I became a private investigator and I'm obsessed with like everything she wears. And I don't know. I feel like there's a lot, something that Ryan Murphy does well. Um, I think he directed and or wrote most, if not all of it. Um, the The stuff that I think that he does well with introducing kooky characters is in here. Um, and I'm hoping that it's, it stays, I don't know. I'm enjoying it so far, but I understand your, your qualms. Thank you for understanding. Sure. You have to watch the trailer. I think the, I think the trailer was so, I think the trailer is so good. 
it sounded like so interesting. Like, and that's why I was like, I, I love that article. I thought it was so fascinating. So that's why I kind of just wish they would have. So they're like, they're creating these boogeymen and these scary things when the whole idea is scary on its own. Like getting those letters is scarier, like to me. I think it's kind of hard to sort of take that story and like to put that up on its feet though. I agree. If, it, if it's, if it's, um, I think that's why maybe I can forgive it a little bit because you have to pad it almost because if you're making a documentary, you can rely on the material, but if it's fiction and you're putting it up on its feet, like reading the letter would be boring. Or if it's just Bobby Cannavale being like, what's going on? Someone's in my house. Like it's, I think that would get very repetitive very quickly. Um, and there's, I think there's a lot of like decent jump scares in it. And there's a lot of, I love when horror movies do that thing where, it, it's not a jump scare, but like you, you know, the, the cameras focus on one person. You just see somebody walking in the background. I love that kind of shit. And that th- this has that like in spades. So. Well, let me know how it goes. <laughs> I want you to watch. I really just want you to watch the trailer. Okay. You can commit to that, right, Megan? I think so. It's a okay. two minute trailer. Okay. Excellent. Um, She's going to be like, I'm a minute into it, and I can't. <laughs> <laughs> it reminded me too much of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, and we've already talked about Werewolf by Night, which is the Disney Plus um, Michael yeah. Giacono directed uh, werewolf oh, story. No. But it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, if you didn't catch us our, one of our last podcasts, then please do check out this. If you have Disney Plus, check it out. And if you also have Disney Plus, Spend some time with some old favorites. They have their Halloween section. And of course, it's got Hocus Pocus all over it. But they have, if you dig far enough, you can find like some old school, um, like 1950s uh, Disney animated cartoons where like one that we watched with my son over the weekend was um, Huey Dewey and Louie Donald's nephews are trick-or-treating and he's really rude to them. So they go and make friends with oh, yeah. witch, witch Hazel. Um, yeah. And uh, and then she <laughs> they so terrorizes stupid. Donald and and then there's the infamous um, one where Mickey Donald and Goofy are ghost hunters and they go into a haunted house. Um, it's it's they're a lot of fun. I I like revisiting them. Um, probably this is sort of a spoiler on my flash forward to the media we're most anticipating the upcoming week. But I do have screeners to Netflix's Wednesday, which <gasps> yeah. Un- inexcusably is debuting in like over Thanksgiving or something like that. Like, <laughs> yeah. So when, when people are going to be like, what happened? Why are more people watching? I was like, we know why. <laughs> yeah. Like if that was out now, it would be like, it would be everywhere. It would be. Um, other television. I mean, I'll just wrap with saying, you know, television shows, except for haunting of Hill house generally don't scare me. Um, because I think, the medium of television is a very tricky thing to keep that to to me to be scared. You have to keep that momentum. You have to keep sort of that general foreboding feeling. And, you know, the meeting, the, the the very structure of television kind of guts that a little bit, but I will say, show me any episode of, uh, of, um, unsolved mysteries in my testicles. (laughs) (laughs) That scares the bejesus out of me. I can't. Old school, uh, well, Robert Stack already, his voice is, uh, yeah. but like, I remember vividly when I was a kid watching an Unsolved Mysteries, that was like the Halloween episode where this 
person was working in this haunted restaurant and like right before they closed nope. there was like a severed head sitting on top of a beer nope. cooler or something like that no it's or like they would um i remember one where they would they were investigating an arsonist and they would show like the arsonist would videotape his the buildings that he set on fire and then they got a copy of the videotapes and they would play them on um unsolved mysteries and it would he'd be talking and be like i like to watch it burn it was like Oh, 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 oh. so creepy. you know, oh god, I just got chills. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, that that theme music, John Salt Mysteries, even just like gives me the creeps. I don't know yeah. if it's like, you know, what actually a movie that never came out, I don't think it ever came out, but the trailer scared the shit out of me. Was um, do you ever see the Poughkeepsie tapes? I was just thinking that you've got to be talking about the Poughkeepsie tapes. There is, it's, it's like a found footage. Uh, it's like a, I don't know, found footage movie. I think it's like from the. It's on Tubi. You could watch it on Tubi. The fuck is Tubi? Um, you don't know what Tubi is? I don't know what it is. But I it's the TV like, version of movie. Movie. Is it? Yeah. Oh, Tubi I, thought were, I thought you were joking. <laughs> no. Bitch. Um, there is, um. There is a shot in it. I think it's near the end of the trailer where it's like, it's from the perspective of the killer. It's about the, the whole documentary, not documentary. It's like a whole movie about like, they found all these like hundreds of videotapes of this killer who like videotaped his murders. And there's one, I think this is why I'm so terrified of like found footage, uh, not found footage, home invasion stuff is um, it's like a video of a guy in the dark standing in a hallway. And like, there's a woman who's like walking through and I think she's like a glass of water or something. So she got up in the middle of the night and she, you can see on the camera, like her noticing him filming. And then he starts to chase her and his like guttural, like as he grabs her, it is terrifying. I'm I'm watching the trailer right now on mute. It's terrifying to me. I remember you and I were really excited about that. when And then it never came out. Yeah. That's funny, though. The, that I knew exactly what you were talking about. Ahead and I knew exactly the guy, like, the, the narrator's like, this is a killer. Oh, blah, blah. The Poughkeepsie tapes. Well, I think we've talked about this on a podcast before, but what's that movie about the kids that go into, like, it's a found footage version of a movie, I guess, and they go into a um, mental asylum and they can't get out of it? Oh, I don't know that. Oh. Does that one ring a bell to you guys? Is that, no? That's not the no, that's not record or rack or whatever the fuck it is. No, that's it's a, it found it's, footage movie three kids asylum. Three kids and Grave Encounters. Oh, I've never seen that. That's it. Grave Encounters. It's a very very scary movie. Oh, I've never seen that. Oh, it's creepy God. too. It's not like jump scares or anything like that. It's just like it's kind of like scary that the way people claim that the Blair Witch Project was scary. I I love the Blair Witch Project. Scared the shit out of me. So the Blair Witch Project did not scare me until the very last second of the movie, where they're in the basement of that house, and all of a sudden she's like, "Wait, what are you doing?" And then that guy's standing in the corner of the room, yeah. <laughs> like facing the corner. I'm like. <gasps> Uh, and then all of a sudden it was like that was it <laughs> like wait it just that scary <laughs> uh, 
Um, what other TV shows scare you guys other than like the average episode of Unsolved Mysteries or 2020? <laughs> All the true crime stuff that I watch scares me. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's the thing about TV. True true crime stuff is scarier than anything that you could put on that, like a, in a, in a yeah. narrative feature, I think. So I'm constantly terrifying myself. <laughs> <laughs> Another show that I will say that is a really good Halloween recommendation that I love, and I'm sure people uh, remember me talking about it, is Servant on Apple TV. Oh, right. um, um, the thing that's great about it is, I, I honestly think it's one of Apple's best shows. And um, the, the great thing about it is it's very atmospheric and it's it's uh it's it's very tightly done m night Shyamalan created the show um and it stars lauren ambrose and rupert grant and uh toby kebble um but it's also a half hour drama series which i'm a fan of so um <laughs> i cannot recommend any i mean come on tv i feel like is getting longer and longer and these episodes are like bite size they're a perfect um horror uh show so for people that don't know what the show is just a quick overview if they don't know it's about a couple in philadelphia it's an m night Shyamalan property so of course it's in philadelphia um in the first season you find out that they lost their baby and lauren ambrose who plays uh dorothy she is having a really hard time adjusting to the fact that she lost their baby and in order to sort of cope with that her therapist recommends that they have like a doll that she can use to sort of communicate with. And I feel like sort of glossing over the tragedy so they get to the right time of it. And then all of a sudden, uh, her husband, Toby Kebble, um, hears like a baby crying from the bedroom. And then, then there's a baby, like a real life flesh and blood baby. And they don't know where the baby comes from. And they don't know if someone put the baby in the house or if it's something to do with this girl named Leanne, who is their new nanny, who's this sort of very quiet sort of uh i don't say ominous presence in their house because she's she's uh she's very uh prim and proper and respectful but throughout the first three seasons the third season came out earlier this spring i think in march it ended maybe april but um there's a lot of outside forces that come into this there's a lot of like allegiances that come out like she goes back and forth leanne does um it's a good time i, I feel like if, if people need something that is, it's really easy to watch. I think that seasons are only eight or 10 episodes per season. There's three seasons out. It's, and it's the thing that I love about it is, you know, they're not spinning their wheels. I think the fourth season, which is coming up is going to be the final season. So it's contained. Um, they're not trying to figure out what they're going to do next. Uh, they don't have a million, you know, baby dolls running around like that. It's good. It's a great show. I love it. I look forward to it every year. And I'm sort of sad that it's not sort of sad. I'm very sad that it's, uh, it's going to be done soon because I think it's very unique. Nice. Last thing I want to talk about was um, the uh, Amityville Horror, the scariest book I've ever read. Like I <laughs> read that book and could not sleep for two nights. When I, I don't know, I just read an old like beat up paperback version of it. And uh, I didn't really know the, the, the story outside of the movies. Um, very scary. And then, of course, they've got a podcast that fully debunks it called Very Scary People. It debunks it? Yes. 
that saying that it wasn't haunted. Yeah, it talks about it, the fact that it wasn't haunted, and it talks about, um, you know, how uh, the DeFeo kid, yes, definitely killed his parents and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. So, I would definitely recommend those two things. Also, um, I don't know if either of you have ever heard of this book. Probably the most disturbing book that I've ever read is called "The House of Leaves." I've heard that, Mark. Dan, Danieluski. Mm. It came out in 2000. Um, it, it disturbed me so much that I put it in a box up in the attic and I left it in the attic where it's probably <laughs> wow. conjuring demons or something like that. But it's it's like a 700-page book that that in, on first glance looks like a thesis book, like a like a like an English uh, an English um, graduate student's thesis. It's it's about a family that moves into a house. And they discover that their house is like six inches bigger inside than it is outside. Oh, oh! I've seen the cover of this book. I didn't realize it was a scary book. And the it, it's all about unreliable narrators. And as you read the book, you have to. It, it gets very complicated because um, some of the story is then told in footnotes, so you have to read the footnotes. And then the the person telling the story goes crazy, so they start to write in circles. So like the text is is just like all over the place. Oh, wow. I'm looking at pictures of it. That looks. Oh, that's what's it like, called? It's called House of Leaves. It's kind of batshit. That sounds crazy. Yeah. Okay, I feel like I'm gonna say the sequence in a movie that is not a horror movie. What is kind of? It's not. It's a it's a crime movie. But the scariest sequence, I gotta see. I get to hold on. Hold on. Can hold I on. guess? Um, can I guess what yeah. you say? Yes, please. Is it the Lake Berryessa sequence in Zodiac? Yes. Yes. Oh my God. Wait, what is it? It's the it's in Zodiac. Uh, David Fincher's Zodiac, the Lake yeah. Berryessa murder sequence. Where? Yes, that was really scary. Oh my God. I I love that movie, and I love that movie. I don't think it's, but it's it is. I hear still just thinking about it. I can hear the sounds of the knife stabbing guys back. I can hear it. It freaks me out. I had to actually, I saw that movie in the theater the day that it opened. Me and my dad went to go see it. I had to physically get up and walk out of the theater. I was so disturbed. And I like walked back in like two minutes later because I was so freaked out. <clears throat> I mean, that there's a, a very good book uh, about the, the sort of a, all-inclusive um, book about the Zodiac Killer that I, I think it's called Zodiac, the Shocking True Story of the Hunt uh, for the blah, 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 by Robert Graysmith. Um, if you're ever interested in knowing that case end-to-end, this is a, uh, the authority on it. But that, that Lake Berryessa sequence is so scary because it takes place fully in the daylight and and the Zodiac Killer has this like black bag over his head yeah uh, just just absolutely terrifying yeah um did you guys have anything else that you wanted to add uh, other books or or other media music whatever that you find particularly spooky no 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 okay 
Well, hopefully you've enjoyed our overview of what we'd recommend. Hopefully you, you've heard some new things out there. Hopefully you don't go see Terrifier 2 because I don't want you calling us <laughs> that you passed out or throw, threw up. Um, and uh, let's jump to the flash forward to the media you're most anticipating in the upcoming week. And uh, Megan, why don't you go first? Uh, well, I'm looking forward to going to SCAD's Savannah Film Festival this weekend. Um, and I might... <laughs> Uh, since I'm getting there, I think a little possibly later than I expected through my own dumb boat, I might, I do want to see Triangle of Sadness. So I think it comes to Pittsburgh. So I might try to catch it, um, here, um, or the Banshees of Inishirin, which I think I'm always saying wrong. Um, but, uh, I'm also just, I'm just about like 10 minutes left of reading, uh, Ronnie Spector's memoir, which is so good. And I didn't realize that they have like an, a post epilogue of like what she just wrote right before she died. And it's oh. really moving. And I, I highly recommend They say, like I said, it's the greatest rock and roll memoir of all time. And I can see why it's, it's really good. Um, and I think uh, I really am looking forward to watching The Vow um, <laughs> yeah. season two. I can't help it. And then I'm also finished. I need to finish. I started the um, Barney. Um, I love you. You hate me show. Uh, okay. So I need to finish the second episode of it, which was pretty interesting. Um, as somebody who watched Barney because my sister watched it, um, so I remembered all of the all of it. So, uh, and that's about it. Oh, and I'm listening to Diana Ross's 1980 album, Diana, because it's so good. And I did not realize how good it was. Excellent. Joey? Um, sort of going along with uh, spooky movies. I guess it's more of a thriller. Have you guys heard of Piggy? Yes. Um, it's about this like overweight girl who is, I think it's a French film. Um, it's about a girl who's bullied by a clique of popular girls, um, I think while they're vacationing in her town. And I feel like the, the trailer suggests they, they, they bully her and a, uh, there's, I don't know if it's a killer or someone's going around kidnapping girls. And it looks like the, the overweight girl like sort of gets her <laughs> revenge on them. That's what it looks like. Um, yeah, that's playing at that uh, local theater. That's playing all those Hitchcock movies. That and Tars coming here this weekend. Um, and I didn't realize Bros is on demand tomorrow. Ooh. So it wasn't even in theaters for a full month, and it's already being really. I hate this. I've, I've said it a million times. I'm going to say it again. They're doing that. Um, and then um, also, I guess that's it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Uh, I too am going to, uh, well, I'm going to the North Carolina Film Festival for a couple of days. Um, it starts on Wednesday um, and screening a lot of things I've already seen, but um, I will be seeing uh, the Banshees of Inertion. <laughs> Hopefully that's the number one thing I come out of after seeing that movie is uh, how to pronounce the title. <laughs> um, and I'm also seeing Close and uh, I'm dying to see that. Corsage with Vicky Kreps. Creeps. How do you say her last name? Um, yeah. Um, I've also talked about Wednesday. I'm going to try to catch up to Netflix because Wednesday, because it feels like the right time of year to watch that. Sorry, everyone who doesn't have screeners that you can't watch it during the <laughs> Halloween season. Uh, book wise, I'm reading. Uh, I just started Stephen King's Fairy Tale. Um, which I just is, that for Jason. Uh, 
Yeah, it is uh, on audiobook. Let me just look at it. It is 24 hours. Oh, my. It's a long book. <laughs> um, I am obsessed with a song from White Noise called New Body Rumba from LCD Sound System. I hope that it wins the Oscar for Best Original Song because yeah. it is a bop. Let's just put it that way. I heard it, they, the had, they had a new, the LCD had a new song for it. That was like a big deal. The end credits is actually um, the entire cast of the film coming back into the A&P that I described earlier and dancing to that song. through. That's the what I heard. Yeah. End credits. Yeah. It, I, it's, it's odd, but I love the song. Um, and Friday midnight, Taylor Swift's Midnight's, Sorry, oh that sorry. already. Yes, <laughs> already. It's like it's I just felt like I don't know. Maybe, maybe I haven't. Um, haven't paid attention. <laughs> too busy watching her. Uh, her getting run over on loop. I did enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing was, okay, I'm gonna say this. I was at a press screening for that movie because I talked to the the hair and makeup people, and. Um, that happened, and you could tell there's like 15 people in the audience, um, maybe 20, and everyone, they didn't laugh necessarily, but you could audibly hear everyone trying not to laugh. Oh my God. And then um, it happens again. You see, there looks like, she's like, hey, remember what happened to What's Her Face? And then it cuts to the scene of her getting thrown under this car and then people laughed <laughs> because I was hoping because they reference it a lot throughout the movie I was hoping that every time they showed it, they showed it that would have been great that would have been a great drinking game yes awesome alright so does that cover it yeah yeah all right, so we are the three M's contributors, Joey Moser, Megan McLaughlin, and me, Clarence Moy, thanking you for joining us, asking you to remember to rate us on Apple Podcasts and uh, subscribe to our YouTube page at Awards Daily and wishing you a very pleasant tomorrow and a very safe Halloween season. Ooh.
Ha, ha, ha.